Yo, yo, this is Justin B. Bieber. Hey, it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive podcast. By the way, while you do this... I went to film school, so we're good. San Jose University. San Jose State, baby. Wow, look at you. State school. By the way, hello, beautiful human. Uh, Trevor Wallace is here. Dan's here. Ricky's here. But before we start, uh, thank you to Total Wireless. There's never been a better time to uh, go there. Total Wireless, Total Wireless, Total Confidence. Sorry, thanks for sitting through that commercial. Dude, that was a good read, though. I didn't look anywhere (laughs) but the read. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounded natural. That's the important part. Usually I want, like, when people sit across from me to close their eyes because I'm I'm a much better audio thing. I'm not a visual thing. Okay. You feel me? I feel that. Yeah, you got a good voice. It's like a, sounds like a V6, you know, a little Hemi in there, you know, and get a good motor, (laughs) motor voice. Because the voice is the motor of the body. You think about it. Well, the heart probably, but (laughs) the exhaust maybe is the mouth. Uh, Exhaust is probably the butthole. Oh. So, oh. Mm. I didn't expect it to uh, get stumped this early on. <laughs> what, what, what part of the car do you think? The steering wheel, maybe? Probably the steering wheel, because you well, direct be, where you're going. Totally, but you... Or would, legs. It, yes. <laughs> but this is a very deep <laughs> conversation, and I think the, the voice might be the steering wheel, wheels, the legs, you know, the body of the car is obviously the your physical body. Oh, the horn. Oh, yeah, but you don't use your horn a lot, unless you're a douchebag. Well, have you seen what I'm wearing? <laughs> <laughs> but uh. question, is that just a character that you've given into? This douche thing, or is it <laughs> is it organic? Uh, I think it's a, a facet of me, you know, like a, like a like a branch of a tree. You know, it's just like eh, you can get into it easy. But Got for it. the most part, I'm pretty like introverted, very like just a low key guy. But like for me to like play into those stereotypes is very easy because I either grew up with them or knew them from school or something like that. But yeah, how how do those stereotypes form and and we can start with zoomies because yeah is it wrong to say that zoomies kind of changed your life no that was the first video that like really like kind of took off and then i just made that a thing and uh kind of just ran with that for a little bit but that character i used to just shop at zoomies all the time in high school i'd go there so what i'd do is i'd work at my dad's my friend's dad's nursery and we'd like help plant things for like 40 bucks every saturday Oh, thank and God then, it's plants. I thought it was children. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. People, uh, yeah. That, <laughs> that'd be a different, yeah. That would be a little bit. <laughs> don't put me around kids. I, I, I'm i great with kids, but for like two minutes at a time. And then I'm like, oh, it can move? And then it just, I'm like, okay. So, um, plant nursery. Yeah, yeah. we get paid like 40 bucks to go like plant stuff. And then I'd go to Zoomies and buy a new t-shirt. That was my $40. And then I'd save the other like $4 for like. I don't know, like A tacos at J and the B. But um, yeah, dude, I don't know what it was. I always used to like buy a new shirt. Because like if you had a new shirt on like uh, Friday at high school, you were the man. Totally. You f- and you felt good. Oh, you feel amazing. It was like a, uh, it was like a, like a tattoo almost in a sense. You're like, oh, this new hundreds t-shirt. Yeah. They're going to love that. What, what, what motivates your confidence today? Back then, a Oof. t-shirt. Oh, good haircut. Yeah. But, but I don't. I, but I'll probably only get a haircut like once a month. But I think a haircut is 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 up there. Yeah. Car wash will do it. Good car wash. I'm turning into my dad. In a nice car wash, nice cup of Joe, a little bit of the Gander, some Sudoku. Um, Make you feel real good with a nice clean car. I get it. Yeah, uh, I I got a car wash today, so that's why I'm saying it. But I'm the lazy guy. I just do the drive-through ones. Where you just oh, you oh so you sit through it though. Yeah, you don't get out. No, it's more fun. Uh, yeah, because it's good to look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, they, they never do a good job because still your car is, like, soaking wet. They're just, like, <laughs> they just throw some air on it. They're just with, like, four giant blow dryers. And, like, yeah, that'll be, that'll be enough. Yeah. Never is. Never enough. The car is always still wet. 
And you're like, well, here we go. But it's shiny for the first, like, 20 minutes, so it sells you. Oh, yeah. It's great. And then it's streaky. Oh, yeah. I know. I, I My car gives me agita. Mm. Um, so Zoomies changes your life. It, were you surprised by the success of that character and how far you were able to take it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because the very first one, so there was, like, two that got big in the beginning. One was in my car, just, like, me doing, like, a one-minute monologue, just, like, in character. And just, like, ranting. But the title was, like, you know, like... Zoomies or whatever. And that did okay. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Let me do a follow-up. And the follow-up one was when I actually went to the store. And then that one was one that did, like, an insane amount of views. And but You shoot that with no permission? Yeah. So, luckily, they had seen the one in the car. Because I went to the one. This was in Culver City. At, uh, like, what of the Fox Hills Mall or something? Literally down the street. Down the street. Oh, yeah. we Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I went in there. I didn't really have a game plan. I just had my phone out. And then I was all nervous. And I was by myself. I was just like, <laughs> Just, just make the video. And then one of the girls working well, like points at me. She goes, Did you did you make the video about us last week? I was like, Yeah. Uh, I'm actually here to make another one. So um they're like, Yeah, that's fine, go for it. And since they were so like because had they like not known who I was or be like, yo, get out of the store, you can't do this, I probably wouldn't have ever been anything. I would have got nervous and be like, because I'm not somebody who's like, I don't want to stir up the pot. If you're like, hey, don't film him around, I'm like, you got it, mom. I'm out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm getting out of the kitchen. You no know? confrontation. No. So uh, the fact that they were knew who I was and were like open to me filming there made it so like I was there for like an hour. I just did a bunch of stuff. and like, yeah, do whatever. Because when you have that flexibility and that comfort, you can do other takes. You don't need mm-hmm. to be nervous. Like it could have really impacted your performance and in turn impacted the success of the video. Yep. And in turn. Wouldn't be here. That's right. Wouldn't be getting car washes on a Wednesday. Wow. Yep, wouldn't be doing it. What a life you lead. Luxury, baby. Uh, Yeah, but I was still working a day job. when, And I would do these. I would just make a video like every weekend. And then I'd post on Mondays. And then I'd just film on the weekends, post on Monday. And then I just kind of like eventually had enough steam where I was like, I think I can like leave my job now. How'd you know that you were were funny? Even pre, I guess before Vine. Because there has to be a moment that happens in your life that like, at least proves to you that you can do this or should try to do this. Yeah, I think knowing and trying was different. I never really thought I was, like, the funniest guy in the group. I thought I was, like, like, like I am pretty introverted in the fact that if I don't know you, I'm not going to be, like, open. But, like, people inside of my group that were friends with me would, like, know I was funny. But, like, a random, like, I was always hanging out with the cool kids, but I wasn't. Like, when, when the group walked, like, when we all walked into a party, I was never like, oh, is that Trevor Wallace in here? <laughs> I'd always be like, yo, is that Deegan? Is that CJ? Is that... What's your friends? Oh, Trevor, Tyler, Travis. What? Yeah, get in here, dude. Like, I would roll with, but I was just very, like, to myself. But why'd they keep you around? Because I was funny to them. What were you doing that was funny to them? I think just not be, uh, I was just not athletic. And it would be funny (laughs) to just watch them, like, throw a football at me. And be like, I got it. And I don't. I don't got it. Every time. I never had it. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, my spirals look like, uh, God, what's a great comparison to that? Like an, a paper airplane, you know, it's like it gets about three seconds of airtime, then you're just like <laughs> straight to I don't the know. Ground. I just, uh, I think I just had always had personality, and I just, I really wasn't like athletic or any of that. And like, I just hung out with a bunch of skater kids growing up, and like, to skate, you don't really need to be crazy athletic. You can kind of, as long as you can just maintain, you know, <laughs> as long as you can just push a board and then follow, then you're good. Yeah. I don't really think I knew that I was like funny, funny until like, I mean, even today, I'll post a video. I'm like, is this funny? Is this? Is this anything? And then it's like 10 million views. I'm like, all right, that's interesting. So, is that the only place that you s- seek validation or like no, can I think, tell if something works? 
Uh, well, that's why I love stand-up is because, it, you know, right then and there, you say something and then the crowd's like, what? And you're like, all right, that's not funny. Cool. Uh, moving on. So, I mean, that's why I like stand-up because the reaction is the best. It's like that you'll know... Seeing an amount of views will never give you that same feeling as a new joke working. Like your first million views, you're like, oh, this is great. This is awesome. But like after that, you're just like, it's like more of like a check mark. And you had to like, okay, cool. That one did a million. Because you can't feel it. No. you. Well, honestly, I've said this before. I don't know how many a million people is. Like I would love to just see like from a helicopter view, be like, oh, that's a million people. I mean, people are like, there's six million people in LA. What does that mean? Yeah. What? what mm-hmm. Does that, is that Encino? Is that Playa? <laughs> What counts? They're but, scattered. But like, exactly. And that's why somebody was like, that's like if your video did this many views, everybody in LA saw it. I'm like, yeah, man. Like, I know it's a lot of people, but like, is that, like, I I, I just need to, I don't know how big a million, because a football stadium, like, I think Ohio State's like 50K or something. Like, and that's more a, than that. Yeah, it's something massive. That's a lot of people, though. I'm trying to, yeah, I would just love to be like, oh, that's how many people that, people saw that. You want to see a tangible physical representation. Right. What if we did it in pennies or feathers? That's a lot. <laughs> we I got you a million feathers <laughs> and said, imagine these feathers are human. I would rather do the million pennies because then I would low-key be worth how much money <laughs> a million is that? Pennies? I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say a million dollars, but they're not dollar bills, Trevor. They're not. Um, <laughs> they're pennies. So a million, 100K? I don't know. Math? Not good at it. <laughs> so 100 pennies is a dollar, right? Yes, Zach. Mm-hmm. So then you divide 100 by a million, right? I'm with you. And then, I don't know what that is. I know you move zero somewhere. Can somebody you, you get a calculator? Have you ever been to the Rose Bowl? <laughs> yes. The Rose Bowl can hold like 90,000. So imagine 10 of those, maybe it's 11 of those. It's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. But it's a different feeling because yeah. when you're on stage, w- whether you're in front of a crowd of hundreds or thousands or millions or just 10 people, mm-hmm. the energy is palpable. Yes, because you're performing versus a video, you're, you're like, you, you put it out to the internet and the rest is on the internet, you know? It's like I already performed the video side and now I'm giving it to you. Is so your creative process different when it comes to tackling a stand-up set compared to observing something and then making a video about it? Yeah, kind of when I get whenever I get an idea, first thing I go is, is this a video idea or is this a stand-up idea? And then I'll kind of see like where to put it. How do you tell? Um if I think it's like if because stand-up, you ideally want, like, a joke to be, like, you know, around three minutes, maybe three to five tops, really, for me at least. And then you're like, do I have enough for that? Or is it a video? And then you're like, that's eh, maybe not yet. Or I'll try it on a video. And if the video hits, I'm like, maybe it's a stand-up bit. Or if I try it in stand-up and it doesn't work, but maybe that's just a video idea, whether it's a character or a full premise. But I don't really know how. My brain just, like, kind of looks at something and it'll be like, mm, video, mm, stand-up. How do you test material? Are you going out and working tinier clubs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'll do a lot of, like, little shows in town. Like, tonight I'm just doing, like, two little shows that are just, like, 10-minute sets. And they're just at, like, the comedy clubs around here. And I'll just do some new stuff on that. Or if I – so on the, my show, I'd, I do 45 minutes, which is just about average. I'll throw on some new stuff, like, midway. So it's like you do do the, the bangers up front, get yeah. the trust. They like you, and then you're like, here's a new one. And then regardless of how that goes, then you just finish it strong with some other, uh, uh, I guess, stuff you know that's going to work. So will you draw out a set list before you hit the stage? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll know exactly the beats you're going to hit. Yeah, before every show I write down, like uh, either my phone or like a pad. It'll just be like just the set list. It'll just be one word that cues a joke. So it'll just be like Canada, 
pterodactyl, T-Pain. It's a legit set list that I have. Uh, yeah. So what do you do if a joke is bombing and you know it's bombing while you're in the middle of the joke? Oh, God. Uh, I think if it's brand new and I've never done it, you muscle your way through it just to hope that at least... Because sometimes it'll be like if there's like three different punchlines and the first you don't hit, you're like, something is telling me this third one will. And then more often than none, at least one thing hits. So it'll be like... You just wait to see. But if nothing hits, I usually sandwich a new joke next to a joke that, like, might be similar. Mm -hmm. So, like, I have this, like, weird dating story I've been trying to get to work. Because one time I went on a date with a girl and she had a capsule necklace. And I thought it was something meaningful like crystals or stones or, you know, like, Lowry's seasoning salt. Like, something important, you know. (laughs) But uh, it was inside was ashes from her grandma. (laughs) And... It's, I've done it like three times now and two out of three work. I did it last night and it didn't really. So now I just sandwich it on a, next to other dating material. So if that doesn't hit, then I just segue in. So it's not like. I get it. I do that. Then I'm like, you guys got a car wash today? And they're like, what? What about the grandma thing? How did, where's the segue on that? So. So will you change the way you tell a joke based on the reaction? Like, how do you know a joke isn't actually working? Like, how many times do you need to test yeah. it to get an accurate read? I say three. Or sometimes I'll just keep it on the back burner. And then, like, years later, I'll just be like, either I'm, or I go at it at a different angle, or I'm like, I'm a stronger comedian now, so maybe let me try and look at it then. Or, yeah, sometimes I'll just sit on it. But, like, that joke I've been wanting to work on for a while because, like, this happened in, like, 2016. And I'm trying to like, because it's such an interesting thing that happened to me that nobody else can relate to. And I'm trying to make it relatable. Right, so I have a question, though. So you have that story. We, uh-huh. You got a reaction out of us and all you did was tell the story. You didn't make a joke. Mm-hmm. So what part of that story like needs a joke? Is it after you say the ashes part? Uh, sometimes people are just like, it's such a weird foreign concept. They're like, oh, I forgot this is a joke and not just a story. You know? oh, okay. But sometimes a lot of comedians right now, especially, it's very just storytelling mm-hmm. style. So... I'm just trying to drag it out maybe into more of a story or how I can kind of elaborate because um, sometimes it's such a shock value. People just were just like, ooh, instead of like a <laughs> laughing response, you know, instead of being like, and then inside it wasn't, you know, I don't know, uh, sand from La Jolla, it was her grandma. And they're like, ha, 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 ha. It, it's like a very like weird, people are just like, Jesus, what, is that normal? Like, you know, it's like it takes them so far out of that zone. But the story is natural, and I was able to understand that there was a mm-hmm. joke at the end and there was a punchline. Yeah, the two times I have done it, it did well. So I'll maybe I'll listen to it back because I record all the audio from them, and then I'll listen to it like the next day, and I'll need to listen to like last night's and be like, okay, why didn't that work? So what are you listening for? Are you listening for your cadence, your delivery? Yeah, if I said it different, or if I like mumbled a word, or like because confidence is like one of the biggest things for comedy. It's like because if you don't believe in your own joke, why should the audience? So if you like are rocky in your voice, they're gonna be like, what? Yeah. what? I don't believe you. He's like, so this happened today? No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Because you, you're, you're, you have turbulence in your voice. Like, you, you got to deliver it like, like, this is my opinion. This is what happened. And this is a, a strong point of view. How long does it take for you to get up on stage and feel confident? Yeah, it takes a while. I mean, it varies for everybody. But um, I remember the first time I did stand-up, I, like, almost, like, blacked out. I was just, like, so, like, just, like, I was 17. So... That was, like, the, really the first time I ever found out I was, like, funny. Because it was a crowd of strangers. And then I did, like, five minutes of jokes. And I was so nervous for it. I went up there. I was so nervous. And then when the first joke hit, like, it was very soothing after that. Because it, like, reassured everything. And then it just, like, it was so quick. It was just, like, first joke. And then five minutes later, I was just like, what, what just happened? 
but you got a positive response. Yeah, it was great. Have you bombed? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now it's a little different because for the most part, I know what jokes work. And when I play my shows for my audience, they want to like me already. So yeah. even if I do a brand new joke, they'll still give me the benefit of the doubt. But there, there's been times where it's like you throw a, a whole joke out there and it is. And you're like, all right. And and new when you're earlier on in stand-up, it's very, it's it's. Oftentimes you lash out at the crowd instead of your own self. Oh, that's not funny. But you got to just accept that. Like, there's a crowd, they want to laugh. It's probably just not funny. Like, the joke's (laughs) just not good. It's not them, it's you. They're like, we're at a comedy club. We're ready for laughter. (laughs) It's not like you're in an accounting firm. Like, no, we need to do our taxes. That's not funny. It's not the time. So it wasn't your first time that you bomb. But, like, how far into this process did did you, like— Go out wanting to be a stand-up comedian, or did you go out just wanting to be funny making videos online? Stand-up comedian, and then this was around the time Vine was out, and I was like, okay, like, my friend was like, you should do Vine videos, and I was like, I don't get it, da-da-da, then I, similar to how TikTok is right now, I just kind of scrolled and was like, what is this about? And I was like, oh, you can be funny on here. Then I tried some just random ideas that I had, and like when you have like 5,000 followers on a college campus, people are like, dude, congrats. <laughs> you made it, bro. Dude, you can be late to psychology any day, bro. You you got 10,000 revines. So. Do, you, do you like telling a story in six seconds or do you prefer five minutes, minute and 30? Because you, your videos vary in length, but your average yeah. stand-up joke, like I was watching nine-minute sets, mm-hmm. five-minute jokes in there. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, – yeah, like a couple minutes is good because you can just really, you can take all the roads there are. Because the one thing that's cool is like if you gave two comedians a topic about like Tinder, it might start the same, but where they branch off to is going to be different. So I like that where you can start on a premise and then go down this road and then it goes down that road and he talks about like your ex-girlfriend and then it leads to current dating, but it's all under the same like category. I think that's really neat and it's like really talented and seeing comedians do that. But like the quick stuff, it's kind of hard. Like, Six seconds is nothing. I don't know how people did anything on that app. Now that I think back, it's like two and a half sentences. When baby like insert music, dee dee dee, iMovie, and then ten million revines, and <laughs> then you just I don't even I don't even know how Vine. Yeah, that's insane to me. Was there an art to it or no? There. Hmm. Yeah, I mean there has to be for it to be that successful and that popular, but. I don't. Even, I think the biggest thing about it was it didn't involve like a sound guy and an editor and this and that. You could just make it on your phone and be like, "This is what's funny," in which it just gave a lot of people who had any bit of like creativity or, or wanting to be creativity a platform yeah. without like I don't know how to use a camera or this or that. So it was very just like, "Here's the phone, do something," which I liked about that. And now you're on TikTok. TikTok, baby. The messed up part of TikTok is my biggest audience. And like, <laughs> what? all I did was upload my old videos from like YouTube and Instagram. And I have like 2 million on there. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> but it, I, I don't, th- it's, it's definitely not the most, val- I think Instagram is the most valuable because there's like the stories and the swipe ups and there's like, you can put links and this and that. TikTok, it's hard to connect with your audience, yeah. I think. So I just have this following of like I- 2 million. I'm like. What do I do? I didn't know we were in the presence of a TikTok star. I would have I been treating you differently. TikToker, yes. I am here. I will renegade on everybody right now. <laughs> I, I'm not good at dancing. I don't know why. It's frustrating because I've been making videos on my Instagram for like four years now. And it's like I have like one point something. And it's like 
it's just slow, step by step by step. And then TikTok's like, sure, here's a couple mil. And you're like, ah. We like you over here. Exactly. Do you question the legitimacy of the platform? Uh, I just think it's very user-friendly in a sense that if you want to follow somebody, it's just so like you open the app and it's just and you can explore on like random yeah, stuff. Intuitive. And then you can follow is right there. It's like, oh, you like this video? You can follow. So I think a follow is less meaningful versus on like, YouTube, a subscriber is like the holy, like that's that's the one you want. That's so, it. like if a video does a million views on YouTube versus like 10 million on Facebook, like that's, like YouTube is more like, oh, they clicked on that. Is there a formula to your funny? Like, do you know what works? For the most part, I think so. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm sometimes, you know, wrong or, or over judge it or something. But from... So I used to work in marketing and I worked as social media like coordinator and I would just see like I would upload videos for this company all the time and I would see why I would do good on tick or why I do good on Twitter and not Facebook and vice versa and Instagram and this. So I just apply that same method and like also I think if you just watch how fast a random person scrolls, you know, like look at how much time they give a post. It's literally like, yep, nope, yep, nope. Like it's it's like if you don't catch their attention within a, a thumb scroll of time, like you never will. So my videos I try to do like Quick zooms, fast pace, choppy, quick, fast, just so somebody's like, wait, what's going on here? Instead of like, but which is like kind of weird because I went to film school. So like <laughs> I would love a, a cinematic shot of like the sun coming down and like birds chirping and then, you know, voiceover and an exterior shot. But it's like, dude, people don't get time for that. YouTube will give you the benefit of the doubt. But like if you're not. Susie like, on insane giving you any time. Yeah, you got to be, you got to start on something. So like. I just apply that type stuff with, to my humor and fast pace and just, like, a bunch of little jokes. And But there is something to how observant you are. Mm -hmm. Like, it, a lot of the videos, you really, like, you tear things apart. Guy at the gym. I mean, you covered every personality trait that could exist in the gym. Yeah. Do you just sit in a gym for weeks and understand people? Uh, yeah, it, I just sit in gyms. I don't work out in there. <laughs> I wear baggy, baggy clothes. Um, dress just like that in the corner. But I think... What hopefully essentially makes me separate from other uh, online creators is like it's very easy to do like dudes at the gym be like and then just do like the basics. I try to look like the layer like behind that, like the the guy that stares at you in between sets, you know, like because obviously there's a guy that like grunts and the guy that's like, like I try to like what's more detailed, you know, and I think it's the stuff where you go, oh, I have seen that guy. Oh, that. Oh, that's yeah. Like makes you think instead of like the obvious because you think when you click on that video, you know what you're going to mm. see. A lot of times people are going to be like, it's these four traits. You know, God never puts the weight back in the right spot or whatever. But I think it's the funny is like in the super specific stuff. <laughs> so, and if you, if, if you get those super specifics, people just tend to like that more because like, oh, we did his homework. The, the details are funny. Yeah. How much time goes into each video? Uh, it kind of varies, but it, it's kind of like a three day process. Like we'll kind of like write it out for like an hour or two the night before and then I'll film it. And then I'll improv some stuff while I'm filming, and then I'll edit it. And the editing takes anywhere from like half day to a day. Who's writing it with you? It's just me. Sometimes I like coke write with like this other guy. I film with a lot, Chardley's. If yeah. you guys know him, Ollie um, likes him a lot. Yeah, he's. Oh yeah, he's great. He's he's a buddy of mine. So we'll kind of start with the premise, and then we'll just kind of help each other. Be like, oh, you should say that. Oh, you should say this. And then we kind of just like improv it, and then we just uh, write as we film, which is like untraditional, but like. Sometimes it feels so weird to just sit at a computer and be like, let's type a script for what is funny. And you're like in the middle of like a coffee bean trying to be like, what is funny? It's like, or we could get in character and pretend to be these guys and then just like whatever comes out of our mouth. And that's worked for us, which 
is weird because that's like the not traditional way of like how this town works of like i need a script proof of concept this and that where does act one go where's the love line so like we just do it you know well, it is it's rare because a lot of times it takes a lot of chemistry to get there yeah Cur- exactly curb your enthusiasm is kind of like that they yeah. improv a lot they mm-hmm. have the story and they have an understanding but again like it's the same core characters every episode right just a different way and season by season they like start to know each other and like one of my favorite shows is reno 911 oh. and they did a lot of that too a lot of improv and it's like it gets stronger as the seasons go because they just they they know each other's character and where they're probably going to go so they can like throw out something that they know they're going to get a response from and the trust is unwavering like, yes exactly it, and which by the way is 99 percent of it yeah i mean it's like an improv group if, if day one versus the end of the year if they've been doing it all year it's like it's gonna be night and day do you find it difficult to take what you're doing and bring it i don't want to say to the mainstream but to like a network because they do work so differently yeah and that's kind of where we're at right now because it's like we have these all these videos banked up of these characters we've done and they're like, okay, that's cool. But like, where would season one go with these guys? And where's the through line? And we're just kind of like, that's where you guys help us out, right? So <laughs> it's hard to kind of talk with them and because we're all meeting in the middle because they want to work with us and we want to work with them. So we're just kind of like, we're not butting heads, but we're kind of just like, you know that Spider-Man meme where they're both just like looking at each other? <laughs> we're just both like, I got ideas, you got ideas. And we're just like, we don't know like who to make a move first. And we're just kind of like, ooh, ooh, ooh. so it's a little different just because like, obviously a network's not going to be like, because we're not massive names or anything. If Seinfeld's like, give me X amount of money and we'll just go film something like perfect, whatever, do you. But for us, we're like, we're some kids online. Can we do something? They're like, yeah, but we need proof. But you guys are making sketch comedy relevant. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like what we're hoping for is just kind of like one, because I feel like someone like Adult Swim would be like, we've dealt with this before. This is kind of like the Eric Andre show in a sense. Like we we trust it. So luckily we do have those characters and the proof with them attached to it. Be like, hey, I mean, these people online like these characters, so let's give them a shot. So What what character are you the most attached to? Probably. I really like, uh, so it originally started, about Bitcoin. It's got Blader Seacrest. I just thought <laughs> was a great... And then Bitcoin kind of died out and then I just like transferred him to like this... The, he did like the AirPod video so just like that. I really like that. And then I think the frat character is just, it's just hilarious just to like play like just some like loud, obnoxious dude. It's just nice to be characters you wouldn't want to be in public. <laughs> but do you feel like there's a certain part of them within you? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think every character I've ever done has like some part of me and... I try not to act like those guys on their normal day-to-day basis, but, like, sometimes it comes out, you know? Like, at what point do you realize that Blader Seacrest, mm-hmm. when did, when is he born? I think yeah, once you get a, your first little chunk of money or something, and then your barber's like, hey, we're up in the race from 35 to 55, and you're like, that's fine, you know? <laughs> it's not fine. It's Why did he go up $20? He still cuts hair the same. Do I get an IPA with it? Like, what's happening? <laughs> But I, I don't know. I think it's at first just like kind of just like when somebody, I don't know what it is. Like I remember when I bought my phone last, they're like, okay, so the monthly payment, I was like, nah, cash, straight. <laughs> Which isn't an insane amount of money. It's it's like. But in that moment, he is born. Yes. It's just that guy that's just like, I'm cool with it. Like, don't worry. Yeah. You guys got Voss water? Beautiful. All right. Why do you think Kyle is your most popular video on YouTube? I think it just, it was timing. I think it was just like a big. Like, people were kind of, like, making jokes about just kids named Kyle, but nobody brought a persona to it. And I was just like, 
dude, this would be hilarious. Because I originally had a, a sketch about just like, I just had written down. It just said like kids who punch their wall. Because <laughs> as a kid, I used to punch my wall. I, I have like three spots in my old room that I could point to. But yeah, that, that one, that one, that one got wrecked. <laughs> got a roundhouse to the face. And I called my camera guy and I was just like, remember how I told you about that kid idea? What if I just attached it to a, a Kyle? And then they're like, it's amazing. And I made that video and it was just great because I just destroyed some stuff. And then uh, I had the Churley's, he was in the second half of it as like a different kind of Kyle. And it was just a little sweet. It's just, a, I think it was timing mixed with creativity. And I think if you get on a trend right before it really cracks, it's like it's like surfing. If you get on the wave too late, you're not going to do go anywhere with yeah. it. But like right as the wave starting to build up, and you and you get in, and you just ride it out. Has there been a moment where you thought you were on, you're calling something? Yeah, that it didn't turn into something. <laughs> yeah. Um, what does that happen with? I'm trying to think. I mean, now that I have like a an audience, some it like it won't like flop as bad. But sometimes it'll like kind of start to get well, probably one of the worst things I did is I remember like four years ago when uh, music video parodies were really big. It was like mm-hmm. Bart Baker was like yeah. the dude. Oh, yeah. I did one like a year or two ago. <laughs> God, it's so bad. Uh, I, so this is when God's plan was out. I was like, you know what? I got something for the street. <laughs> Dog's plan. <laughs> and I, I bought a giant dog costume. <laughs> I paid a music video guy for it to film it. This was probably two years ago. And I just did a parody of it and I and I posted it. I was like, this is it. This is the one. And it just didn't really do much. And God, I You still in that dog suit? No, it was raining the day we filmed it, so the dog suit got all wet, so I just threw it away. Did you take that video down? I might have put her on private. I was like, I can't find it right now. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, uh, yeah, I think it's cool to have, like, like one thing I like is, like, when people get really big, like, singers or, or whatever it might be, and then, like, you look back on their Instagram, it's, like, them trying to make it, and you're like, oh, it's so cool. Like, uh, you know, to see, like, where they came from. But that's a video. I'm like, I don't need to see that. <laughs> I got to know how pissed your parents are, because you talked about film school, and you're talking about all these outrageous characters, and the first thing that's yeah. coming to my mind is, like, your parents can't be gung-ho right away about this. Right away, they weren't. I think now that I'm, like, I guess successful in it, they're stoked. But right away, like I told them, I was like, uh, yeah, like, you know, when I when I quit my job, uh, you know, do comedy videos full-time. They're like, yeah, right, 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 quit. Okay, that's a funny word. But uh, as what really, I think, changed it was around family vacation. Like, people were coming up to me at lunch, and they're like, oh, this is like a thing. This was like during the Zoomies days. People are recognizing you. Yeah. And then in front of the parents, like, obviously it's one thing if if some kid's like, mom, look, I got X amount of views on this. They're like, All right, what does that mean, though? But, like, when, like, they saw it in real life, they were like, hmm, that's interesting. Because it's real. Yeah, exactly. And, right. And I only had to pay, like, two people to come up to me. So <laughs> that's great. But, uh, but once they, I told them, like, not this September, but last September is when I quit my job. So, like, a year and some change ago. I think I was nervous to tell them. I was like, I'm going to quit. And then they're like, yeah, we saw this coming. Like, makes sense. And I was like, wait, really? I can just do this? I'm like, yeah. Is that one of the proudest moments in your life that you've... Yeah, I was I was so nervous to tell them. Because I was also nervous to be like, okay, I have a steady income. I have benefits, health paid for. But if I leave here, what what could happen? Total unknown. So I, I was just saving up in my old job. I saved up for like six months of like, in case I didn't get anything. And then I just quit and made some videos and then just 
kept making stuff. And yeah. Do they think you're funny? <laughs> my parents? Yeah. I, I think they, they think I'm funny in like a that's my son type way. Yeah, you know? my parents definitely don't think I'm funny. So that's why I'm like <laughs> oh, <laughs> fascinated damn. to know if yours find you funny. Brutal. <laughs> um, I think they... I think they laugh harder when I'm not there. You know, like my mom will text me and be like, that new video was great. And then when I'm at the house, I'll say something stupid. And she's like, no. (laughs) She's like, are you going to do the dishes or not? I'm like, no, mom, I'm verified. She's like, you're verified. That's my son, too. Do the goddamn dishes. (laughs) Why did My Strange Addiction not get cut off your YouTube? Uh, I love parody. I think mockumentary and parodies are like two of my favorite things. So, um. I think that one was like a. It, it I kind of liked it because I thought it was really funny. It's yeah, it's a little bit different than your traditional like. Because uh, I have a lot of like the one-liner quick type stuff, but I also think it's cool to see like oh he also does like sketch stuff and parody and you know I I kind of I've, I've always liked doing that stuff like that. Um, so it showcases a different side of you. Exactly. Yeah, because we go to my page and it's just like a hundred videos will be like people who check where checkered vans be like you're like all right. What do I, <laughs> What is this gonna, guy going to do in five years, you know? Like, people who teleport slowly be like, and it's like, all right. Like, you can only ride that way for so long. So I didn't ever want to be like, so if I do too many, like, relatable videos in, in a row, I'll be like, okay, what's a sketch I can throw out there? What's something just was not so blocked up? But is that also a challenge for you? Like, do you, do, you must do that for yourself because yeah. if you get stuck in the same rut feeling like the audience wants a certain thing from you, mm-hmm. you kind of just, you run that same course every day. Yeah, it's, yeah, the internet's kind of like, it's like, it's kind of weird because you're just like placing bets on like stocks essentially because you're like, I think this stock's going to do really good, but you're also like, I kind of want to, these penny stocks, aka like these type sketches, I want to invest in because I think these sketches will be big one day. So nobody's telling me that I got to do like two relatable videos and then one sketch, two, it's it's all mental for me. I'm like, all right, that's too many in a row that I got to do a podcast and a video, podcast and a video. So like nobody's telling me that I have to, but I think in terms of my own sanity and like whatever, I think it just makes sense to me if I was a viewer, but I mean, people don't care. Like I'll be stressed out, but I got to put out a video. Somebody's like, for who, who, who who asked for it? Like, well, it's a good point. (laughs) Society's waiting though. Right. But it feels like, like there's something about that anxiety that I think any and all creators get if they haven't like posted in like two weeks. They're like, Oh, I'm irrelevant. Is there anything you feel like you've missed? Like a, a trend that you didn't get to capitalize on? Um, Probably, I'm trying to think what it might be, but there definitely has been some stuff where it's like just too late or sometimes trends. Yeah, I'm trying to think what it was, but I remember one time I was like, no, it's going to die out. It's gonna, oh, Area 51. That was something that I was like, it's going to die out. It's going to die out. And then it never really did, but I didn't do anything on it. But also I had friends make stuff about it and like none of their stuff really did much. So I was just like, well, I don't think I missed anything. I but. feel like there was a lot of voices at once because it existed. So. Exactly. I mean, it, yeah, it's like everybody was like making jokes about it. So I was like, that's why, like, if you do, if you take a, a gamble, like, the White Claw video, nobody's really making jokes about it. So I was like, I hope enough people know about it. Like, at least some people will know about it. And then it ended up being, like, one of uh, my biggest things ever. So dude, it was like, you take the gamble on that. Like, everybody was doing Area 51. But, like, at that time, somebody probably put out something else irrelevant to Area 51. And that did better. Yeah, totally. Because it's, like, so much going on here. And that's why, like, I think a lot of comedians try to stay away from, like, Trump jokes. They're like, everybody has one. What's a more specific point of view to me and like what's funny do you i want to go to i want to get to trump in a second but white claw another video that changed your life mm-hmm. dude when you hold the white claw up to your ear and you go if you listen closely you can hear the <laughs> crackle of a jewel yeah dude i howl 
Thank you, man. That one. Uh, Bravo. Yeah, that one. I kind of and also, I think the internet can tell when you're trying too hard. I think you can smell it out a little bit. That video I made like an hour and a half in my friend uh, Churley's apartment, actually, because I was in between uh, apartments out here. So I was living at home and then I call him like, hey, can I use your apartment tomorrow to film? And then he's like, yeah, what's your idea? I tell him he's like, oh, all right. Yeah. And so you come in a, a beautiful getup, all peach colored. Oh, yeah. Just bright, obnoxious, recently uh, bleached the hair, you know, just <laughs> just I mean, are you even a creator if you don't bleach your hair? Is that a thing? I don't think so. You're not. If you've never been to Coachella, got an artist pass, and not gone to the artist lounge with bleach hair, you're not a creator. You you're know? not real. You have to. <laughs> so I think, um, but yeah, that video, I had like three or four videos last year that like really hit. And then that's when, because like all my followers are kind of like maintaining, maintaining. It was like, yeah, steady growth, steady growth. But like three kind of piled up on each other. And then people were like, oh, he did that, that, and that. And then people started following. Because a lot of times people will see your face, but they won't follow. They'll be like, yeah, he's not here to stay. You got to, like, prove it to the internet, which is weird. Oh, I get it all the you, time. Yeah. you gotta, <laughs> Yeah. They'll be like, oh, it's just one video. Like, people will be like, nah, it's, it's whatever. He's funny, but, like, I'm not following him. It's like, what? what is your following worth? But by the way, like, that is the biggest question that I wake up every morning. I ask it. I go to sleep. I ask it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you mentioned subscription. That is the most coveted of follower, right? Yeah. It is the hardest thing to get is a subscription. Mm-hmm. So you do wonder, like. You know, what does a human being need to do? What does a human being need to look like? How constantly do I need to feed you? Right. How much food is too much food? Exactly. It's a lot goes into it. But, yeah, I'll get messages from people be like, I've seen your videos online, but, like, today you earned my subscription. Today you earned my my follow. I was like, oh, well, oh thank you. The <laughs> Prince of Fresno just followed me. Thank you. Good sir. It's, it's very, like, I don't know, but... Um, I guess in a way that's them supporting you and brands look at that like based on how many followers you have. So at the end of the day, the, a follow is worth money. But there's more people who actually know you exist than right. follow you. Exactly. So that's interesting too. Were you excited when you hit a million followers? Because you just recently did that, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was. It, um, I think it's weird because after, I think t- getting a million is like turning 21. Like you're all stoked. And then you're like, well, what about 22 is not going to be great. <laughs> Like, my, my immediate brain was like, okay, cool, what's next? But, like, hitting 21 is awesome because you're like, I'm 21, I can party, da-da-da. It's like getting your first million is, like, awesome. Then afterwards, you're like, hmm, now what, what, two million? Yeah, how do you get fed? <laughs> yeah, you, you just you just got to keep going, I guess. I, I think if you get too caught up in the numbers, it's just too draining. And, you know, it's 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 literally just... Like some go, some come, some go, some come. So it's just kind of like steady growth, I think. But all of these videos and all the online presence really is fueling your stand-up career. Yes. And your stand-up tours, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, like, you're fucking funny. Thank you, thank you. Your feelings on edibles. Oh, yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's an old joke. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I, um, I used to make edibles in, like, high school with my friends, and it would be so, like, just thrown together makeshift it'd be like crackhead style it'd be a peanut butter cracker or it'd be a cracker with peanut butter on it and then you put the weed in the peanut butter and then you'd bake it and then the thc oils will like dr- like seep into the peanut butter that's a firecracker firecracker you know about these oh i've made them oh but like they're the most disgusting things in the world and <laughs> yeah. it's just hot peanut butter with a rich cracker the worst thing you could ever have to be high on now edibles are so tasty and like guava, peach, pineapple. I'm like, do I take this after a workout? Like, do I put this in a smoothie? But I think edibles of all, I don't know. I started smoking weed early on. So like 
I was in like eighth grade when I first smoked weed. So, do you? I mean, that does something to your brain. Oh yeah, I think could I be think, positive or negative. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I think positive in a creative space, negative in like a what's how do you spell the word predictable like that type <laughs> stuff. So I think in a sense, like what you were saying earlier, I think my parents were just more so proud that I wasn't, I didn't go down the route they thought I was going to go because I got caught drinking in like seventh grade, smoking in eighth grade. They're like, he's not going to be good. It's just not. We just got our new senior manager at AutoZone for the next 42 years. But I think when they saw that I like found something I was actually passionate about and like was getting some success with it, they're like stoked on it. So, which makes sense. Why is it uncomfortable for a man to have hard nipples? And why is that a Dude, big just, fear for you? It just, it's just, you have to look. You just I, see another dude and you're like, oh, geez. I feel my most nipple comfortable when they're hard and not really? soft. Yes. Really? I mean, I have very <laughs> unique man breasts. Like, uh, you know, bra status. So That hard nip energy. Dude. You walk in a room and just let them go. I, see, I mean, I want my headlights to be on when I enter a situation. <laughs> not a bad way to look at it. It means I'm focused. This is just funny to hear guys talking about their nipples right now. This has never happened. Oh, yeah. Well, that's like I've added to that joke just being like, because when I say like my biggest fear is having hard nipples, is a lot of girls laugh. And I go, yeah, see, all the girls in here are like, yeah, your turn. You try walking around Panera Bread with hard nipples, you know? Exactly. And that's just like problems that you guys have to face. But as dudes, it's like, I don't know. Because that's like in the same thing where it's not a very common point of view that you would think. Like, yeah. oh, the guy's got hard nipples. You don't really think about that. But now, like, all the people, like, think back and be like, yeah, that is kind of weird if you guys are just working out with hard nipples, you know? You're just, I don't know. What is, what, what is he aroused by? The 45 dumbbells were in the right spot today? And he's like, yes. No, no, I think, I think a hard nipple looks a little nicer than a soft nipple. But soft nipples with the shirt on just don't really look like much. Yeah, with the shirt on, I guess a softer nipple is better. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm saying, yeah, hard nipples with the shirt's off. I, I could see. I'm all for that. I'm saying when it's poking through the shirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's something. It's like, bro. <laughs> there better not be a school around here because it's weird, you know? It's just Although I do have a friend I grew up with, like, it could be hot, cold, doesn't matter. His nipples are always hard. Always hard. That's yeah. a curse. Yeah, I mean, he's, he got them uh, pierced because they're always hard. Uh, he's like, I got the hard oh, nipple. I might God. as well get the, the nipple ring. <laughs> That's even worse. He just, <laughs> he just doubled down, you know? He's like, you've seen him hard, but now have you seen him bedazzled? Look at this, baby. Straight from Claire's. <laughs> I, I guess it's one way to double down, though. Would you get anything pierced? I used to have uh, gauges in high school. Oh, how yeah. big did you go? Uh, double zero, which uh, is uh, at one point I could put my pinky through my ear. Wow. So well, that's your proudest accomplishment. Yeah. So I think my parents were like very shocked that I was like, did anything successful after smoking weed, uh, drinking, and having gauged ears all by the age of 16. And uh, I had a Honda Civic with two 12 inch subs in the back. Like, I, it was oh, a hybrid. You were a douchebag. Oh, I don't know who I was in high school. Like, every year was different. Like, <laughs> did you ever put the cigarettes in the, in the holes? No, but God, I, you know how they have the tapers, the long ones? Yeah. I used to just be in class and just like play with them all day and like take them out. Like, and I'd be like, yeah, chicks will love this. I'm like, no, they won't. Cause you don't, you don't know who complimented me on my ears? Other dudes that are just like, Dad, does that hurt? Should, should I get them? You got, any, you got any spares? And I'd be like, Marissa, where are you going? This is not dope. But, uh, dude, I, I was, I just didn't know what I wanted to do in high school. And then the first time I did stand up, I was 17. And that's when it kind of like clicked. I was like, was I just decent at something? Where do I go from this? You know? Was that the first time you felt like you were good at something? Yes, literally. I, up until that, I was, I just maintained. Like, if everybody's like, we're going skating, I'm like, cool, I'll just be in the back. If we're, 
you know, playing beer pong, I might make the middle cup. I was always a middle cup player, you know, like, which is not a great guy. It's like you make one so you don't technically, you're not trolled so you don't got to go to the table, but you didn't add value. You took out the best cup, all right? So I was always just like maintaining. And then when I found something I was like decent at, I was like, ooh, double down on that. And then uh, went to college and I was just like, and I joined a fraternity my first two years. All I cared about was just like partying and stuff. But then like my junior year, I was like, I should like really get back to my comedy roots. And that's when Vine came out. So I was just doing stand up and Vine. I was like, this is what I want to do. Is there a joke from your first set that really that sticks with you today? Uh, let me see. Oh boy, it was. I just remember the story I told was about when uh, I got. What was that story? I just remember I got a, a helmet ticket on my skateboard when I was seventeen, and I and I went. So I grew up in like this city called Camarillo. If you guys know. If yeah. you're but um, the judge house was in a place called Oxnard, and Oxnard's uh, a little bit more, how do I say, um, you know, tough. a little tougher out there. So I'm in a courtroom. All these kids are like, you know, Grand Theft Auto, DUI. This is uh, It's all minors, everybody under 18. They were like saying real stuff, and my last name is Wallace, so I had to go last in the jury. And there's literally a kid who's like Grand Theft Auto charges, and then they're like in front of the court cases. Then I'm like, oh, that was a uh, skating without a helmet. I guess like, <laughs> You speak up for the bailiff. I'm like, scanning on a helmet. I might have had a pocket knife. Might have had a pocket knife. I think I, like, stole a candy bar that day. But uh, I talked about that story, and I don't remember the jokes in it, but I just remember how funny it was being just... And if you bring a helmet to court, they dismiss it. So I was just sitting in court with a helmet on my lap, looking like I was about to get my ass beat, or if somebody hard. were. Yeah, so I just had a helmet, and I was like, I brought my helmet too. And the guy's like, uh, you're good. And I got out of like a $65 ticket. So I talked about that story, and it was pretty funny. Um, God, maybe you should talk about that more. I don't know. It was interesting. But yeah, that was so, so it was like 10 years, it was 10 years ago, yeah. Do you write every day? I need to. I, I, some sort of like creativity. I just write notes in my phone like all the time. So it'll be a random thought or sometimes I'll just write out a tweet and then put in my drafts and look at it later. But um, in, in some form I write every day, whether it's editing or just like writing down a note or writing like a full page. But I think for the most part, yeah. So it's with you. You don't yeah. need to set apart like work time. No, I I need to, and some people, a lot of people, do that. They're like every day I write from eleven to twelve. But it, sometimes for me, like it feels so forced to sit down and be like and be funny. Same thing we were talking about earlier yeah. with like writing out a script. It, it, it's just like when you put pressure on it. I think the funniest stuff is is it's like when you're looking for funny, you're not going to find it. But when something happens to you, something random at Starbucks happens, and you're like, oh, that's funny. It's how you adapt life to you instead of like. Because it just feels forced when I try to write stuff. Because I'm just like, right, and like yeah, squirrels are crazy, right? And I'm like, what? Am I, where would the, what? <laughs> so I think a lot of times I just as it's more, it's easier for me to to write or get my new material when I just go do stuff. I get you live exactly. I had yeah, totally understand. I forget that. who said it, but it's like live a life worth talking about. Talk li- something like that. I get it. Because like if you just do stand up all night, every night, every night, it's like all you're gonna talk about is like 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 how are we gonna relate to a crowd of people who are like, I wanna go on a date tonight, let's go to a comedy show. And the guy's like, Isn't comedy the worst? They're <laughs> like, What? <laughs> we came here to laugh. So you gotta live a life. That's why I think it's cool to have like a life outside of comedy so you can talk about that type of stuff. What is so what is your life like? Do you have a relationship? Uh I do have a lady. Got me a girl. Uh 
So, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, she she doesn't work in the entertainment at all. She's like finance. What? So You like this? Yeah. It's a little different because it's like her shifts are ending when mine are starting because I'll be like six o'clock. Well, I'm like, oh, I'm editing. And then I got to go off to the show at like nine. And hmm. so it's like the mismatch there. But it's weird because like I'll tell her my work problems and then she tells me her work problems. <laughs> I was like, is that what I sound like when I tell you my problems? Because like we was zero overlap at all. <laughs> She's like, we ran out of Keurig cups at the office today. I'm like, I don't. You can't relate. Yeah, but you got free muffins at 11. What are you complaining about? You know, <laughs> Pam brought in carrot cake. That was gluten free. That's a great day for everybody. All right. So and then my problems were like, yeah, I tried this joke about like oh, pigeons and how they like date. And, this, and she's like, what? what do you even? It's like so weird, but I kind of like it because when we're not talking about our jobs, it's just like, it's nice. Yeah, you can live a normal life together. Exactly. Yeah, versus if you're both in the industry, it's always oh, like it's always that exactly. And by the way, it's drowning, and like anybody who drowns in that type of shit becomes not funny, right? Because exactly. the second you stop living a normal life, is the second you become unrelatable. Well, oh yeah, one of my comedian friends, he's dating this Instagram model, and she's gorgeous, and he tries to talk about it on stage. He's like, "Don't you hate it when you're out in public and everybody?" And then he's like, does like very specific stuff about how hot she is in her Instagram career, and the crowd's just like. I can't relate. We met on Tinder, bro. There's, we're not. Dude, I have a growth coming out of my face. Exactly, right? I look like Harvey Dent. What are you talking about right now? You you expect me to know how to relate? So, I yeah, just live a normal human life. Because if you think about it, like, the average people that you go to a comedy show are just, for the most part, just people who's trying to have a good time. You're normal kind of civilian. So, it's not like you need to be like, don't you hate it when your fit tummy tea payment is late? And like, what? Well, people get offended at everything these days. Does yeah. that make it hard to be a comic? In a sense, for some people, yeah. It's weird because, like, some people he know that everybody gets offended, so they don't lean into it. But some people overly lean into it. They're like, I'm a shock comic. But I was like, ah. I'm not that kind of guy. I'm very just like, here's a funny thought that I had. So it's just kind of like it fits in, like, a playful. Like, somebody came up to me after the show. They're like, I love that, like, dumb bro comedy you do. It's like such a, I, I like the character you put on. I was like, character. <laughs> That's that's me. <laughs> but uh, it's just like, I think you should watch my comedy and leave feeling like, oh, it was a good, it numbed the brain. It, it took whatever stress I had before that video or that comedy show I had and didn't make me think about it. Instead of watching myself and be like, he's wrong. Da, 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 da. That's why I try not to do like political stuff. You, you are so not polarizing at all. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, yeah. It's just like watching... Just like a cartoon. You're just like, nobody goes into watching Spongebob with expectations. You're just like, that killed some time. That was nice. I enjoyed that. <laughs> I, that's I how you go. look at yourself? Maybe like an older Spongebob, you know, <laughs> like Spongebob with like a, you know, like a 401k or something. But I don't know. I, I, I just don't think that like my comedy is like revolutionary or edgy that everybody's like, you got to hear about this guy. It's just more like it's easy to digest and it's easy to tag your friends in. Like, this is so you. That's so her. Just kind of like, it's just fun. It's just like, you don't leave that being pissed off. Because if you're super political, you offend a lot, but you also make a lot happy. Because if you're super pro-Trump, all the pro-Trump people are like, this guy's the greatest person ever. I don't know why they talk like that. but <laughs> they <laughs> do. Got, Yeah, a little bit. They got like a turkey leg in their mouth or something. But um, I, I just try to make it for both sides. And anytime I get political, people are like, stick to comedy. And I'm like, what? So I just like kind of just entertain everybody. I don't really pick a side. Say Lauren Michaels calls you tomorrow and goes, yo, we have an opening for you. Mm -hmm. We need another white man on this show. <laughs> yeah. Are you down? 
I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, that's a legit question that I'd have to think about. You know, you got to see what the contracts look like and all that money-wise. But you're like, because if you do that show, you're pretty much saying, thank you, YouTube audience, for getting me to where I'm going. Goodbye now. Yeah. You can't be working on SNL still be like, people who be on Saturday Night Live be like, and they're like, we don't relate. (laughs) You're stressed out. Yeah, Um, exactly. So you're pretty much saying like, this is my calling now. I'm going full traditional. But um, I mean, I think every comedian deep down that's like, and that's like also like what all my dad's side of family is from Ohio. Every time I see me, like, when are you gonna be on SNL? When are you? When are you, you? You should you do the Glenn. Do the do the character. Do the character for my husband. Do the thing. And so I think everybody deep down, it's like, are you gonna do it? It's the uh, pinnacle. So yeah, I mean, I think it would be a wild experience. But we are in a different time right now, where it's like, I can call my friend and make a video that'll get a certain amount of views. That like. You know, it's, totally beats out SNL, which is it's just kind of like it's a weird space where like, had you asked me that question two years ago? But yeah, are you insane? But I'm like, well, what do I what do I want to do? Because now they have a little bit of leverage. Um, it's like, what's what's the play here? So the answer is yes. I would sell out for SNL <laughs> is exactly what I would do. Um, I wouldn't want you to sell out for SNL. I want you to have your own sketch comedy show one day because I think you deserve it. And that's essentially the plan is uh, that with the friends. So if that. It was like if I had pitched all the stuff about doing sketches with my friends and none of it got picked up and then SNL called, I'd be like, great, I have a bunch of ideas. But if I was developing a show and I got some interest from some networks, I'd be like, all right, well, there's SNL, but I also want to create the next SNL with my friends or I want to create the next Mad TV. I want to create the next Workaholics or something like that, next Scroll show, whatever. Manifest it, it right here. Yeah, there it is. Gonna, gonna have it by 2021, baby. <laughs> it's coming up. I should have said 2022. 2020, soon, soon enough, in, in a calendar year See of it? a few calendars. <laughs> I do have a question, though. I know we got to wrap up, but isn't YouTube a big enough platform kind of these days? Like, Mm -hmm. what do you need a network for? That's also another question. I mean, networks really um, just funding and money. They're like a bank. Yeah. Yeah, Your your videos are doing better than a lot of that type of stuff does, and you don't need that big budget. Ultimately, you find a happy medium where it's like a Netflix where you go out and shoot it the way you want it. They fund it, and then you go, here you go. But um, yeah, it's mainly the money and longevity. For whatever reason, I think it's slowly changing. I think the way I think about YouTube, it's a lot like a tattoo. Like, remember when tattoos, everybody had tattoos 10 years ago. And they're like, oh, you're never going to get a job now. But now, like, your guy at Sweet Green says, like, a face tat. And you're like, that's tight. <laughs> so I think YouTube is getting more accepted as a valid platform. And everybody wanted to start on YouTube and then get big. But I think you can just do it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's just something about the it's just something about a consumer's brain that when they see that Trevor Wallace went from YouTube to Netflix, they're like, "Yes, go him, team!" Like he did it. But if you're just always putting stuff out on YouTube, it's never like a new wave of like Stoke. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of just like you haven't leveled up. Exactly. Is there value in specials? It's interesting. Two years ago, there was a big value. I think that's like how Ali Wong became as big yeah. as she is was from her special on Netflix. Um, I think it's valuable for somebody who might not have an audience, but somebody who's really good at what they're doing right now is Andrew Schultz. If you're familiar with him, films a special, dices it up, and then releases it in five-minute increments, which is smart because if you tell somebody, here's an hour of stand-up comedy, you're immediately going, when do I have an hour? Which not everybody is as busy as certain people, but it's like the digestible stuff is like... It's easier. Yeah, and it's also, it's more clickable. You're like, an hour of Trevor Wall's comedy. If you don't know who I am, you're not going to click that. But if it's a, a joke that's like, 
why Chucky had the worst hair in Rugrats, you're like, that's an interesting take. Where where are we going from here? So it's like, and then what Schultz said is like, people binge, so it, they'll, they'll watch more if they they'll want watch to. Watch all of it. So yeah, yeah it's like it's easier. Um, it's like a shotgun effect. If you throw out ten things, one of them might hit. Versus one, you put all your eggs in one basket and it doesn't hit. You're like, well, now I'm out of a special. But if you throw out ten different clips that equal a special. Now, it's what, you have a better, better chance of one of them doing well. So but if Netflix pays you $80 million, you take Oh, that. by all means. <laughs> um, but Netflix has serious money. And uh, if you have the following, it's sometimes they they know that and they go, okay, well, bring the following over here. So I think it has value, but uh, on both sides. Value to the newer guys who might not have as much exposure because there have been some comedians on there that got great exposure and now they're like doing very well because of it. But sometimes you're big enough to where you're like, you can leverage and Netflix can come to you with an offer and you're like, I'm good. And Netflix is like, but we're Netflix. And you're like, yeah, but I, I, I don't, I already have the audience. Not me personally. I'll, I'll take a Netflix deal right now. But um, Oh, you want to give me a penny and some dust? Dude, one million pennies. That way I know what it finally looks like. <laughs> but um, it depends. It depends kind of where you're at. Because you can build, your, literally you can build your own audience and then tour the world off the internet without a network ever touching your you know, your projects, which is kind of crazy, which yeah. is a neat world to be in right now. That's you right now. Everybody is a entrepreneur. So <laughs> it's, uh, it really is. It's like a very like kind of cool time right now where everybody's, because everybody's taking on streaming. Like think about how many streaming services are right now. It's like so-and-so, everybody's like in the corner and it's just like nobody knows what they want to do with it. So if you can have your own place where people can just stream and you're in control, it's like, well, I guess I am my own Lauren Michaels, I guess. That's it. So are we touring the country soon? We are. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like I'll be in town for two weeks and then I'll like be here, then got to go, this and that. But I like staying in L.A. just so I can film stuff, but I also like traveling so I can get better at stand-up. Um, but some shows I would love to promote. Valentine's Day weekend, going to be in Las Vegas. Jimmy Kimmel's new comedy club. Oh, oh, nice. So bring out your girl, your guy, whatever it may be. Valentine's Day, I'm uh, there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Er, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I think Thursday. Friday. It's on my website, TrevorWallsComedy.com. <laughs> We're also going to be in Oklahoma City, OKC in March, and Tampa in March as well. So Giddy up. Yeah. Are you going to bring your girl to Vegas? Yeah, she's going to be there. I think she's stoked to be uh, in Valentine's Day for Vegas. Uh, or, gonna be, you know, words. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, Do you but, like uh, when she's at the show? I tell her, she, I was like, you don't have to listen. Like, it's the same joke you heard last week, this and that. But, um, yeah, it's kind of cool. Just because the road is, like, lonely. You, you, like, you do the show for, like, 400 people. You're like, I'm the man. And then you're just sitting watching Forensic Files in your hotel room and be like, oh. That was quick. <laughs> From the high side to the lowest yeah, slow. Your Postmates driver's like, I'm here. You're like, you want to hang out for a little? <laughs> like, I got to go, man. Come on. Do you got any utensils? There's, there's forks in the bag. Yeah, but like, any chopsticks? Can you want to hang out? <laughs> I got family size. Me and you, we could we could really. <laughs> it just gets lonely. So if you have somebody, it's, it's more fun. Because sometimes you go to, like I was just in Vancouver, and it's a fun city. Or I've been to like Miami, be like, how crazy was it? I was like, I was by myself. It wasn't crazy at all. <laughs> so when you are with people, you can do the fun stuff. Because when you're alone, and you're just like in Miami, you're just like, who wants to party? They're like, cop. You're a cop. You're wearing a wire. <laughs> you have a drug dog around the corner. So you have no choice but to retreat. Exactly. Because you can't just be just like chilling, being like, who wants to hang out? They're like, we like you online, but in person, you're kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, Trevor Wallace, everybody. Hey, thanks, thanks for, for having me. Out, yes. Appreciate you deeply. Woo! This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.